Don't. Don't stop. Don't. Don't, don't. stop believing. Don't. Hello, everyone. We're here with some guests tonight. Guests. 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 They're back. Prisoners. It's Aaron and Nick. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. Hi. Hello. Hello. What are you guys doing in town? Going to a wedding. Wedding in the uh, the convocation presentation that mm-hmm. I did today at uh, Youngstown State. Cool. The yeah. wedding's more important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this show is more important. We're That's really true. happy. And, and then we're here for the show. So we've had quite a busy past few days. It sounds like it. Actually. Yeah. Haven't really done much besides like going places and... Yeah, seeing people. Yeah, doing seeing things. people and people I don't want to that, see. That's but. what life is. <laughs> so, Aaron, you had your first exposure to full-fledged VR. What'd you think? It was amazing. <laughs> I punched a chair. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> a regular reality chair. It, it was a regular. Oh yeah, yeah. In real life, that that was that was fun. Jeff has punched a shelf. I have punched a shelf in my home. I think Nick, you. I punched the ceiling. Punched the ceiling. So everyone punches something. Yeah. It's it's just part of. How did you, you know. punch a ceiling? Um, I was in ra- uh, yeah, oh. and I was uh, in like uh, out in space, did you and I I accidentally dropped it, and it started going away from me, so I jumped, oh, and I grabbed that okay. the thing because I needed it to complete the and game. The ceiling was less than three feet above his head, <laughs> <laughs> and boy got hopped. So. So yeah, I brought the VR uh, deck over uh, to show Aaron, and also I'm letting Jeff keep it for a week, so Ooh, he can uh, he can nice. enjoy it. Yeah, we'll see if I, I don't know if it's a good week to keep it. I got a lot of shit going. On. Well, the, you know, and part of the reason is uh, I want you guys to have you know I want I wanted to do a show, so I wanted to you know devote enough time to do a show, but I also wanted to devote enough time to have Aaron you know enjoy everyone enjoy the VR stuff. And also, didn't want to have to clean up. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, that, that is a nice way to not clean up. I mean, it's only one week. You can yeah. live without VR for one week. You're not yeah. that addicted yet. Right. Precisely. <laughs> and um, and I bought a couple of new games. I haven't even played them yet, so you can try them out. And, and if you find something you really like, I'll give you my code and you can buy them too if you, if you think they're going to be good. Uh, so, yeah, by all means. And, and there's a bunch of stuff to try out. So, go for it. Uh, the other, the next week, you can have it. I mean, hey, if. if if you want to keep it an extra week, that shouldn't be a problem. Again, I'm not addicted to it. Just ten fifty, <laughs> <laughs> and of course the week I go to London, uh, by all means you can have it. Don don. Uh, when's that? November? That's no, December. October. October. Way off. You were real close. <laughs> real close. <laughs> within a couple of months. I knew it was somewhere in this year. It's within the year, right? Um, so that's what's happening here today, right now. I have these. I showed you guys before because I was showing Allie these little spinners. I saw these online when I uh, like Amazon, and because I I buy them, I buy all all these crazy stuff, and they were like five bucks, and they were three different colors, and they all looked cool. So I was like, get all three, and they were like five bucks. And they came, they come from China, so I forgot that I had ordered them, and I get them like a month later. I'm glad I, I ordered three. One, the one I kept at work works fine. That one only sort of spins. <laughs> In one, when it's in one direction, right this up. one falls apart. And they're cubes. Let <laughs> <laughs> me see that one. <laughs> it's actually because it, it's like broken. Yeah. You can you can take these apart the same way. This is not it's not a problem. But you can see this it's top as easily, and and you see that part that's broken there. See here, Jeff. Okay. 
Yeah, so you're, so what they're seeing is like a, a ball so, just kind of like yeah, there's, sticking so out there's, of it. So they got stuck out and there's something broken and, there. Yeah, there's one that's missing. So one's just a straight cylinder and the other one has a break on it. Ooh, yeah, and they're, and they're cubes too. So they're yeah. like unusual spinners because they're actual cubes. These are I'm really just trying cool, to help though. out the radio listeners. They are cool. Thank you. Thank you for the commentary because it is necessary. To, yeah. Sometimes we Man, skip they're passing around the cube and the cube goes around and it's spinning to the left. These are really cool though. Yeah, they're neat. Uh, fidget toys. Those are like the big thing. Yeah. I, I still own zero fidget toys. And they've been like You have huge guitar though. picks. Those are your fidget toys. Yeah. I suppose that's true. That's I, true. I, they're like mindless. I play with them all day. When I'm coding, when I'm looking at stuff, when I'm reading, it's just something that um, keeps my hands occupied. It's not. It's, that just reminded me when I was giving that presentation today. I accidentally told all the college students to get into a room together and play with themselves. <laughs> it's college. And, it's and college. When I that, said that, it, that's what, what they should be doing. And when I said it, it's like a room. I don't know how many. Aaron, you were there. It was probably about like two hundred people or one hundred and fifty people. It was a decent amount of people. No, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um, and uh, I said it, and it didn't click. I don't think to them right away but it clicked to me and I did like this pause on the stage, like, and then the laughter slowly started chuckling <laughs> and occurring. And then I'm like, okay, uh, let me, how, how do I reword this? How do I dig myself out of this hole of masturbation? One of my first uh, radio things when I was in college and I did uh, radio, I was, um, you know, intern for somebody who was, was on the air. She's actually, she was, she was the, uh, the student station manager. So she was a really good like teacher and thing, but I remember the very first time I was on there, I was super scared. Now that so I like wrote down exactly what I was going to say, and then as soon as that happened and that was done, all the fear was gone. Yeah, it was just like, oh, I'm just talking. <laughs> Who yeah. cares? And so then I remember later on a very similar thing happened where I was, uh, I think I was playing with something in the background, and she noticed and she said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm just playing with this thing," and then I immediately picked it up and said. Don't get any ideas, people. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was that was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed giving that. It was like a semi motivational kind of speech thing. Basically, uh, it was the title of the presentation was uh, taking advantage of your undergraduate experience, uh, tips to success, sorta. And that was like the the idea of it. Like, what what are you gonna do after you graduate? How are you gonna live as a musician? How are you going to do it? Like, what opportunities are you taking now and such? And uh, it ended up going over a lot better than I expected it to. Like, I, I knew I had some good things to say, mm -hmm. but uh, they they all stayed very attentive to me the entire time. I mean, I'm a very interactive speaker for those who do know me. I'm very engaging and very talkative. So and, anyway, grab me the super glue. It was good, though. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Jeff wants me to grab the super glue. Keep talking. Okay. Um, Straight on by the color printer. Up. But, uh, so Jeff, uh, yes. there was this, uh, podcast thing that I listened to with, uh, Ann Curzan and Adam, Con Adam Conover from Adam okay. Ruins Everything. And the podcast was basically, um, diving into linguistics and talking about different words that we find, quote unquote, like offensive in a way where you shouldn't be doing it because it's wrong. It's improper right. grammar. Yeah, improper is the better word. But if, if uh, yeah. it offends the mind. It's not offensive in terms of society, but it, no, offends, but it offends the mind. The mind, like uh, do you, like using the word "ain't" and how, yeah, and like that. The one that uh, that I can 
Jeff, remember that I've bugged you about something. That is, that is totally fine, but it's one of these things, the positive use of anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, anymore, it's cold in, in, in September. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, to me, is, like, totally anachronistic. Like, I, that doesn't make sense to me. But Jeff has said it a couple of times. I remember the very first time he said it, I was like, oh. And nowadays, when I hear Jeff or anybody else say it, I just let it fly. Because you can't... You can't impose that restriction on especially conversational. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I, I loved the most about the podcast was that she was talking a lot of these restrictions in education and how it actually can hinder learning for a student because it makes them not want to speak. Mm-hmm. When double negation is perfectly fine with their family, and that's what it is because when we hear someone double like double negate it within using a sentence... Like I love the uh, the Mick Jagger thing that she uses. Like I, I can't get no satisfaction. Right. We know that means he's not satisfied. That mm-hmm. means he doesn't have any satisfaction. But yet they'll tell you no, that's wrong. But when you go through like different parts of the South, like they they spent a lot of the podcast talking about coding, and that was like my code favorite switching, thing. Yeah. yeah, code switching mm-hmm. and being able to just switch in between dialects and things. Yeah. Because when I was listening to it, I, it kind of clicked with me. Like I do that all the time. Well, the, the thing that people should be most familiar with in terms of code switching, the idea is essentially like when you talk with your friends is different than when you talk with your family. That's code switching. Mm-hmm. You, you don't use the same profanities and whatever. Or, or just the same um, slang. And it's like when I'm talking to, like, uh, to certain cultural groups that I'm associated like being when I'm talking with musicians, mm-hmm. I talk a lot different when I'm around musicians sure. than I do when I'm around you guys. Like cool daddy. No, seriously. Yeah, that, that'll that's be coming. Cool. Yeah, that'll be like, says, oh man, yeah. I met this bad cat the other day, and this dude was like, he was hit, man. Some of his stuff was just out. Like, you go into that thing and you don't even realize. And I, when I was younger and first started doing it, it was awkward for me because it was new, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna say cat. That's weird. But then it eventually started molding and became a second nature to me. And then I also catch myself with other people. I'll use ain't with them, uh-huh. but I won't use it here. When I'm talking to you, I never use it. I mean, but when I, I'm with certain people, I do. Yeah, ain't comes out for me in um, in very sort of. I would say extreme is not the right word, but it, it, it's a very nuanced circumstance where I'm trying to express something in a very specific way and give it a sort of tilt. Mm-hmm. And the tilt would be something like. Uh, I don't know, sort of a casual disrespect almost. Like, I ain't gonna do that. Something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I'm joking at the same time and I'm also expressing something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But in some places, it is just a regular part of, of dialogue and it is totally accepted. Yeah. And what was awesome about, like, Ann Curzon, she's talking about, like, ain't. And she goes, now, why, why, what are the reasons why people don't use the word ain't? Well, it's not a word. Okay. Well, you can't un... You can't undo it. What's the contraction of the mm-hmm. word? And not. And then I love her response is, well, what's the contraction of won't? It's, I, I mean, we see it as will not, but technically it doesn't fit the profile right. of it. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, that's a good point. And you said, oh, well, it's not a word. Yeah, it's not a word. Okay, but you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what ain't means? Yes. Okay, it's a word. Well, it's not a dictionary. It is in all dictionaries. It is in a dictionary. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is a dictionary, the, the, the important point that she made, and, and um, it needs to be stressed at this point, mm-hmm. dictionaries are, are not um, 
set in stone. They are observations of how the language is being used. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, they're not usage guides. They are um, uh, basically like historic. History. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're history books. They're, a, they're an encyclopedia of what is going on right now, essentially, right. in the Like, language. Chillax is now being put into dictionaries. Sure. Because it's been around for generations now. Mm-hmm. It's now broken that barrier. They don't want to put a slang term into the dictionary when it's just a fad that comes and goes. Like, what was the the word, like, five years ago? Fleek. Fleek, Stop. yeah. On fleek. And no one says it anymore. Like, right. I, or at least I rarely hear it. And mm-hmm. if they do, you go, all right, Grandpa. Like, that's what it is. Because right. no one says on fleek anymore. And that's just how fast the trend went away. And she talks about, like, if the dictionary mm-hmm. would throw that into there because they question it, but they wait to see how long it sticks around. Yeah, I remember reading one thing about the Oxford English Dictionary where they need, like, ten different resources, both literary and news-related over a certain amount of time, that then when they see they that... They elevate it into, yeah. 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 And, of course, there are certain things that you can... You know, those rules aren't set in stone, mm-hmm. but those... But she also stresses that some dictionaries are very conservative to where they're, like, new. We're gonna... Oxford English Dictionary is one of those, yeah. In a sense, we're highbrowing you, and, like, no, if you want to be an intellectual, you must speak in this manner. You cannot break these rules. You must follow them like that. And then it goes into a little bit of, like, uh, more details of how it, they kind of used it in oppression, too. Like, this is the proper way to speak. What the way you speak is means you're inferior to me. You're on... Right. You're not to my level. So, I mean, yeah, it's basically just a whole bunch of, like, There, there, there is whitey. definitely a lot of class thing, but... To to define it as simply a class thing is to... Well, no, it's multiple aspects, yeah, but that's it, one aspect yeah. that was placed. It, there's just... One of the things that she noted that I thought was really interesting that I hadn't thought about was there's a lot of commentary that, oh, other accents sound weird, or, or, or generally people say other accents sound, you know, are negative. Like, even the English accent, oh, that's too that's too uh, intellectual for me, or Southern accent sounds dumb, and everyone says, other accents just sound dumb. And then they say, well, what about the Australian accent? People say, oh, yeah, we love that. <laughs> and that was a, I hadn't heard that before, but that's yeah. a good observation. Like, yeah, because there is some weird, at least in the culture that we have here in the U.S. at least, yeah, it's thought of as like... Cause she gives Adam Conover a huge slap in the face when he's like, I mean, I grew up, I didn't, I don't have an accent or anything like that. Yeah. And she goes, well, on the contrary. Uh, and then you just hear him go, hey, yeah, yeah, I, I said something stupid. Like, kind of like aspect coming out of him. And it was like, it, it was a really, it was really, I thought a very compelling interview. And I, I really enjoyed that one. I forget who I heard it, but it was two British actors talking. They were saying how much they enjoyed the American accent. Like it, it's really switched because now the American accent is very. Um, a lot of people from other countries are coming in and doing a perfectly fine American accent. Where twenty years ago that wasn't the case. So the American accent has become sort of the general. English accent as opposed to the, the British accent, which was that for a while. Yeah, the original way of yeah teaching it. Your black cube is fixed. Wow. Wow. See? Jeff fixes things. I can't fix that one, though. That one's... The machining on the threads are wrong or something. Yeah. (laughs) It's still cool looking. And it works half the time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The retainer for the bearing won't screw in. That's what's wrong with that one. Ah. It just won't catch on the threads. Oh, well. Five dollar, you know. Did you, did you hear about my lottery thing? No. 
so I'm um, buying a, a, a ticket to the Powerball every time. Two dollars. The idea behind it is not that I expect to win because I don't. Yeah. In fact, I haven't ever I haven't checked any of these. I, I expect that I will probably check once a year or something to see <laughs> if any of these won. But I look at it because there's a typical thing of people saying playing the lottery is a tax on people who don't understand math because the odds are ridiculous that you'd ever possibly win. But the other way to look at it is look, people do win. It happens. It's not a completely, it's not completely astronomical. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you still have like a one in a billion chance. $2 <laughs> every week or 52 weeks, $104 a year. I spend more than that on fidget toys. Fidget toys. <laughs> I spend money on things like renter's insurance that I never use. This is insurance. It's Powerball insurance that I'm buying. Who knows? Like I said, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not checking all the time. I'm not expecting to win. But who knows? One time I'll go in and I'll put... What, one of these won like $5,000. Who knows? More like four bucks, but... <laughs> Almost certainly that's the case. Now, it, doesn't, it, it does not incentivize me to buy any more than one ticket. There's no right. reason. It, it, it does not increase my odds by any measurable amount. But having it, you can't win if you don't play. Yeah. So having at least one thing in there is so. So I'm running this sort of experiment, and I don't know how how to how to resolve the results of the experiment because I expect it to be a bust. But I feel like I won't miss two dollars or four dollars every week. Yeah. So, so I'm just letting it run. I, I spend that on coffee. Yeah. So I haven't checked I any of my for me. any of my Powerball tickets, but I'm doing it. Jeff has given me thumbs up. <laughs> Aaron? Yes. Thoughts? On the Powerball? Anything. Well, if you win... Yeah. I'm your oh. best friend. <laughs> if my friends will get lots of great things. Do you things. know who this man I know. is? <laughs> I know. He's like one of the most generous bears I've ever met. I know. Bear? Yeah, you snuggle bear. <laughs> it didn't make it any better, Nick. Yeah, kind of made it worse. <laughs> Why is that? Would, 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 you, would you rather be a penguin? Yes, penguins. Yeah. Penguins are awesome. Yeah, okay, they, are. they they march and They're tuxedos. Penguins. Yeah, wear tuxedos. Okay. They look snappy, yep. snazzy, snazzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look pretty snazzy until I got some schmutz on my shirt. I wanted to say schmutz so that I needed an excuse to say it. Schmutz is a good word. There's lots of good like Yiddish words that have just get this kind yeah, of schmuck. That's, like my, that's my absolute favorite one. We were just talking. About we were this just talking about this yesterday. Well, I mean, Kirby enthusiasm is coming back, so schmuck will be. I yeah, know. well, that's what it was. I just finished all of the seasons, uh-huh. and oh man, I I love, I love it so much. It's such a good, the Palestinian the, chicken was one of my favorite episodes. That was <laughs> fuck me, you dirty Jew. <laughs> <laughs> Comes he's down and he's sitting there patiently with his yamagata hearing her like fuck me like the holo like it was so brutal. It's a real oh, it was a, man. like top ten epi- <laughs> like you haven't seen this episode, I guess? I, I no, I'm not a fan of Kirby Your Enthusiasm. This was so this is one of those episodes of a show that's so good that it's hard to, to expect people to I, I told you a little bit about it, how he they love the chicken of this Palestinian restaurant, but they're very anti-Semitic, and they oh, go okay. in secretively right. anyways, yeah. and they, like, try and get it. Yeah. yeah. 
I do remember that part. Yeah, yeah it, it was. I, I love Leon and when they go to New York City. It's just Leon is is Leon's so good. Such a good Jeff is Jeff is uh, not into it either. Oh man, <laughs> so, I, I just loved. It. He's like, hey man, look at. He's like, you're a black guy, and you're not getting respect. Put on glasses. <laughs> if you wear glasses, white people respect you so much more. I don't know why it is, but as soon as you wear glasses, you get. He's like, I get shit done. You get shit done. <laughs> okay. And then he tries to get like the extra ticket or something like that, and he goes, "I got your back, LD." Puts on these glasses, just comes strutting over, and he comes back out, and he goes, "Here's that ball." He's like, "You got the ball back? No, I fucking stole it." <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's man. a good show. Uh, but speaking of good shows, the Rick and Morty episode was fantastic. Jeff? Yeah, Mermaid Puss. <laughs> Mermaid Puss. <laughs> uh, the, the intertwining Robert Altman style of a bunch of different stories together to one end was extremely well done. They managed to create a... Uh, sort of microcosm simulacrum of our society with just Ricks and Mortys in it. Mm-hmm. And remember, Justin Roiland voiced like every voice in that character except for the commercial voice. So every voice in that episode so you know, worked overtime. And all of those characters were distinct. Yeah. All those mm-hmm. characters, even though they were Ricks and Mortys, they were distinct. And of course the end was Evil Morty. Now, I have this thing. Simple Ricks? Simple Ricks. Simple Ricks. Oh, each I of those Simple Ricks commercials were, like, devastating, and the, the, the lines at the end <laughs> were so good. You could tell they, I mean, you know, Harmon, like, spent I was hours sad. working on writing that one line. I was so sad when they I think one was, the... uh, was it, Taste the... the Taste the feeling of shattering the grand illusion. Which is, whoa, yeah. Boom. I was so sad that when the episode ended, it was no to be continued because I just wanted more of the Citadel. Well, here's what I think. I think that they're setting up the stuff on online. If you if you read any of the you know the people who are making really. stuff, but they're like Evil Morty. Evil Morty is going to beat Rick. Evil Morty is going to be a big challenge for Rick. No. Evil Morty is nothing to Rick. Yet, you have to understand something. Rick could give a shit about control. It, Rick destroyed the Citadel and the Galactic Government <laughs> like it was nothing. Evil Morty cares about control. Rick doesn't give a shit. You can't outthink our Rick. Evil Morty will try and he will fail. Evil Morty is not Rick's nemesis. Tammy. Oh yeah, they Tammy is Rick this season. Tammy goes for the heart, and if there has been an arc this season, it's that Rick's weakness is not his brain, but it's his heart. It's going after his friends and his family. Well, they they talked about that in the toxic level when the mm-hmm. toxic yeah. got taken out, and he cared for Morty, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, but that's because I think that's weak, and I think that's an illness, yeah. and so that's why it was taken out." Tammy is Rick's nemesis. Now, where there is a character, remember the show is called Rick and Morty. Morty cares about control. Morty cares about society. So Evil Morty is Morty's nemesis. That's what I think is going to happen. And I would not be surprised if... And I think, actually, that that the end, the last episode of the season, one of these two arcs is going to be uh, put there, either Tammy or 
either Tammy versus Rick or Elo Morty versus Morty. That's my thinking. I, I like, as I said to you before, I like putting it in the prediction that it's going to be the end of the season because that way, if I'm wrong, good, I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't have to, and, and it doesn't last long enough that I fall in love with the theory and I get disappointed if it's not true. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I, I did remember, I just saw a. Uh, a show where Dan Harmon was talking about how in the writers' room they kind of they don't have answers to these questions. They come like they talk about all these things all the time, but they they call it sort of a Schrodinger's continuity, where there's a bunch of different ways it could go, and until it's actually in an episode, it's not canon. Yeah, yeah. So they don't want to you know they've thought about all these things for sure, but they don't want to they want to sort of organically find their way yeah. into what happened. I mean, that's like uh, how they said in interviews, they would love to bring back Mr. Meeseeks, but they can't, they haven't found an organic way right. to bring him back in other than just to please. Yeah, if, if it's just a reference episode, like th- this was a great way of bringing back the Evil Morty character because it was... It was organically... It felt it very organic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was, like I said, this was my favorite episode. I, mean, I, I was, I fell in love with it from the beginning. There was uh, no one who I did not find anyone who did not like this episode. Yeah, it was I was absolutely yeah, like, so good. It just brought like this season up to a whole new level of just, which has already been fantastic. Yeah, I it's mean, been there, an excellent this season. season, you know, just like every season, is a mix of like okay episodes and and great episodes. Yeah, but this this was probably one of the best episodes. But it's also an episode that you can't you can't watch without having you can't appreciate it on the same level. Without having at least some idea of, like the end of the episode doesn't hit if you don't know what the rest of it is. But the rest of the episode works fine. You don't have to know Rick and Morty to to get the rest of the episode because it's it's, true, it's yeah. like I said, it's sort of a microcosm of, of our society. So all those characters make sense. All those characters are are people you know, or at least archetypes you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you haven't had much to say, Jeff. Any thoughts? Just sitting back and then listening. Cool. Well, this has been the Nick and Greg. <laughs> I always talk less when you're on, so it's okay. Oh no, no worries. Should I be offended? No. Am I pressuring you? No. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, getting to you, Jeff. One thing we talked about last uh, time was um, was the uh, gauge symmetries. Okay. Right? Do you remember any of that? Yeah. Okay, so the the idea, essentially, is all the forces that we feel, all the forces, are based on this gauge symmetry. So all of the fundamental four forces are some reflection of this, whatever you want to call it, object. And the interesting thing about that is that there are only some ways you can pull it, and those are why those are the four fundamental forces. There are only some ways that that object moves and, and can respond to you know, give you a returning force for your force so like charge right if you build charge up here you get a returning force of of yes i'm i'm moving my hands around a lot when i talk and it <laughs> and it looks like this two gongs <laughs> but as i was explaining like if you look at at the if you look at universe in one area where it's normal charge there's no forces if you look at another area of the universe where you've built up a whole lot of negative charge, it seems like there's a force pulling, uh, you know, trying to get positive charges in there to equal out the forces. The, the The universe is the same in both places. It's, it's just that in here, reflective of the fact that there is, that you're pulling on this thread of charge, there's a restoring force trying to pull it back. 
But from a global perspective, it's the universe looks the same from both from both places. So all the forces that we see are measure are, are measurements of these gauge symmetries that are being violated, and there are only a couple. And that's the interesting thing is that all of the interesting thing we see around us this this book, this spinner, this beer are all built out of what we can tell four fundamental ways that the universe can move. And there's charge, which we know about electromagnetic stuff. There's gravity. Gravity is real easy. Gravity is super simple. It's just uh, the... If you consider it like two points, then it's just uh, the distance between them, and it's it, it's the, uh, the square of the distance. That's the force. Super simple. Uh, charge. Same thing, right? Two points, square of the distance, plus... Maxwell's equations. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> then there's the strong force. It's strong. <laughs> like a bison. Can't get into it. It's real hard. And then there's the weak force. Something, something, radioactive decay. If, if I, were, I mean, I'm, I'm basically... Uh, uh, right, telling you exactly when a great XKTCD comic yeah. said, but the, the the funny thing is, like, if I try to explain to you the intricacies of these things, I don't even understand the strong force very well. I do understand the rest of them, except the one that no one understands, <coughs> which is gravity, the easy one. No one understands gravity at all. Doesn't make any sense with the model that we have of this. Um, of the rest of these forces. So, so what is interesting to me when I was reading, when I was listening to that um, uh, podcast that you, the the one the Adam uh, Rudy yeah with Ann Curzon was that in the same respect, all of these, all of these um, languages, all this stuff is is, I think I, I wrote to you like it, it's a, uh, you can make a very complex twisty Brady knot. Mm-hmm. And so it twists and turns in all types of directions, but it all comes down to a few individual threads mm-hmm. at the end. Language is is a bunch of really complicated stuff thrown on top of some very simple like utterances of uh, e, uh. yeah, and um, and then we and then all the stuff that that allows us to. Well, I think she meaning. even kind of hinted on that a little bit. I think she said something along the lines like. Uh, the, the difference is like like uh, I think Adam Conover says something like oh like Gerbil blobler is not a word and it's not a function because we don't have any identification mm-hmm. to it. That's just the sound that I'm using to create meaning. Right. And since Gerbil blah blah blah, he's like for all I know is not a word. It could be, but <laughs> as of now, but yet chillax, we both understand the mm-hmm. definition of it. That is a word. We can use it correctly and right. be able to spread meaning and what we're trying to get at so that's like the difference between the two things but it all comes down to the consonants we can make blah blah blah, blah, blah a word right now right. if we you can you can be a justin Roiland and, and do you know i'm mr bulldops <laughs> and mr bulldops <laughs> and 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 the, yeah the the weird thing is as long as you convey meaning, like if I say this glass of wine, this is a smorg, and we all agree this is a smorg, well, now we have a word. Because now we... It sounds very Yiddish. 
Well, bringing it back to the whole, like, Rick and Morty topic, what, what's that um, thing that Rick always says? Wubba lubba dub dub. That's mm-hmm. not a word, because what's the meaning behind it? Isn't there, like, a Oh, well, he did get, in my, yes. in, my, in, my, in my people, that means... I'm in great I'm pain, in great please, pain. Help please help there me. There you go. That's a word. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Um, but the, another thing that this, this episode, this season has been reflecting on is we're all in great pain. Yeah. So it you know it's not and the Mesics are sort of the ultimate expression of that they they existence is pain they just want to die mm-hmm. the, and and they're not and and they're not fumbling for purpose right they have a purpose they have to yeah. accomplish and then they die and that's and they're done mm-hmm. uh, whereas we are just and, and Rick is is sort of the ultimate expression of that is that he he can do anything he can do anything except live without his pain. Like that, <laughs> uh, but he. Well, I mean, it, you look at a guy like him where he tries to commit suicide and he only fails because he's too drunk to right. keep his head up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, it's. I, I mean, and then like the, the previous episode where they they detox. And I love the intro where they come back after completing the mission and they just start sobbing. Right. And like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, maybe I hate myself. Maybe I don't want to live. I don't know why I do this. And then you just see Morty just <laughs> like that's so freaking That's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene. <laughs> it was so amazing. Oh man. Mermaid Puss. Mermaid Puss. <laughs> well Mermaid Puss, do we want to move over to the Real show? Yeah. Let's drink some... Let's drink some One beers. of these beers is called Mermaid Puss, right? <laughs> it will be now. Are you excited for the, for the beers? I'm so excited. I'm always excited for beer. She liked Dreamweaver. 